Whoa! Whoa! This correlates with Daniel chapter 9, where the 70th week of Daniel is described. The first three and one half years are not nearly as severe as the final three and one half years. Our Lord in Matthew 24, 8 describes the first three and a half years as the beginning of sorrows, and the final three and a half years as the great tribulation. Matthew 24, 21. As the tribulation comes to its climax, the judgments become more severe and the loss of life greater. This is specifically noticed as one observes the space given to trumpet judgments 5 and 6. One to two verses cover the scope of trumpet judgments 1 through 4. But the fifth trumpet judgment covers 12 verses and the sixth, 9. Let's examine then this lengthy portion covering trumpet judgment number 5. Verse 1. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth. And to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. The star John saw, a male personage, is without doubt the devil of verse 11. The Greek tense in verse 1 is not fall, present tense, but fallen, past tense. Isaiah describes this fall in chapter 14, verses 12 to 14. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt thy throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high God. Satan's fall came through pride. He wanted to be co-equal with God himself. Jesus beheld his fall and said to his 70 disciples, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven, Luke 10, 18. This fallen one is presented with a key to the bottomless pit and uses it. Verse 2, he opened the bottomless pit and there rose a smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. The term bottomless pit does not refer to one <laughs> who has a voluminous appetite, a big eater. Instead, the literal Greek renders it the pit of the abyss. The term is found nine times in the New Testament. In each case, it is a place to restrain a whole certain beings which have come under the judgment of God. For instance, when Christ went to the country of the Gadarenes and met a certain man who had a legion of demons, and the demons within the man besought the Lord that he would not command them to go into the abyss deep. Luke 8.31 Their dread and terror of the pit of the abyss was so great that they would rather become incarnated in swine. Oh, it must be a terrible place. How frightful then must be the hour when the prison house of fallen angels is finally opened. The smoke alone ascending out of the pit darkens the sun and the air. Talk about pollution. You environmentalists Better get saved, or you'll be around for the greatest soot inundation of history. You'll have a real job picking the portals of hell. But it'll be too late then. Verse 3. There came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. These are not literal locusts. Their power is too great. They're most likely fallen angels who have been restrained and imprisoned in the bottomless pit since their fall in Genesis 6. These wicked beings chained in darkness all these centuries, 2 Peter 2, 4, can hardly wait to begin their acts of evil. They are told what they can and cannot do, however, verse 4. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. 
In chapter 7, we saw the multitude sealed. The fallen angels are not allowed to touch the sealed ones, but only the unsealed. Those who've dabbled with the beast and his number, 666. However, they are not allowed to kill these unsaved ones, the unsealed, only torture them in an unprecedented way. Verse 5, And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he strikes a man. It will become so depressive and gloomy a period of time that verse 6 states, In those days shall men seek death and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. Verses 7 to 10 give us the description of these locusts or fallen angels. Verse 7, The shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle. This speaks of strength and speed. On their heads were as it were crowns like gold. This speaks of royalty, a picture of conquering. Their faces were as the faces of men, denoting intelligence. Verse 8, they had hair as the hair of women, picturing attractiveness. Their teeth were as the teeth of lions, portraying cruelty. Verse 9, they had breastplates, as it were breastplates of iron, picturing invincibility. The sound of their wings was the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle, denoting calamity. These facts, along with the information that they had tails like on the scorpions and their stings in their tails and their power was to hurt men five months, verse 10, present quite a fearful and frightening picture upon earth as the pit of the abyss is opened and the convicts of the ages, fallen angels are released upon the earth. The fallen star is identified in verse 11. He is the leader of these perverted angels for they had a king over them which is the angel of the bottomless pit whose name is Abaddon. But in the Greek tongue, hath his name Apollyon. This king is named in both Hebrew and Greek. Abaddon is Hebrew. The term is found six times in the entire Hebrew Bible, but only once in our English version. Job 26, 6, 28, 22, 31, 12, Psalm 88, 11, Proverbs 15, 11, and 27, 20. Apollyon is Greek and means the destroyer, a word that certainly describes Satan. Well, one woe is past. And behold, there come two more woes hereafter. Prophecy makes us alert to the fact that we have to prepare to meet God. But how do we prepare? By receiving the gospel. And I like to give you the Romans road. Romans 3.23 is, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. A man cannot be saved until he's lost. All have sinned. That includes you. Oh, would to God you'd see it. You know what your sin is. I don't have to tell you. God is talking to you right now. However, when one continues in sin, Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death. That's not just physically, but that's spiritually. The second death, which is the lake of fire, Revelation 20, verse 15. So all of sin is point one. Point two is that the wages of sin is death, eternal separation from God. But here's the good news. This is the gospel that Christ died for our sins, was buried, and he rose again. The third day, according to the scriptures, why? Romans 8.32, God spared not his own son. As Jesus was on Calvary's cross, suspended between heaven and earth, every sin that you and I have ever committed was on him. 
God spared not his own son because God so loved you. Now, you have a part in all of this. And Romans 10, 13 says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from his sin. Saved from the judgment of his sin, the second death. So all you have to do is call. And oh, he'll hear. Call unto me and I'll answer, God says. And all you have to do when you call is say, Lord, I'm a sinner. You died for me. You shed your blood for the remission of my sin. I can be washed clean. Would you pray these words with me? Lord, I'm a sinner. I thank you, Jesus, died for my sins, shedding his precious blood for me. I now receive you, Lord Jesus. I call on your name. I trust in your blood. Save me now. Jack Van Impey, regular speaker on this international radio broadcast. If you've been blessed by today's program, please write and let us know. Write to Jack Van Impey Ministries, and that's spelled capital V-A-N, capital I-M-P-E. Jack Van Impey Ministries, Box J, Royal Oak, Michigan, 48068, United States of America. This program is sponsored by Jack Van Impey Ministries. Now this is Steve Van Ort, speaking for Dr. Van Eppie and his entire staff, reminding you that God is so wonderful. <laughs>